Blog Talk Radio. Devin Haney, 
Javante uh, Davis could go back up to 135. He might in his next fight. Um, a lot of folks in the media, which they, I can see fans doing this, but a lot of people inside the media and, and, and all sorts of stuff behind the scenes in boxing, they just want to crown this division. Like, this is going to be the division. They're all going to fight each other in one big round robin in the next year and a half or two years. You know, I literally, let's get a World Boxing Super Series. Hey, that'd be great, but that's not going to happen, you know. Hate to bust your bubble, but it's, it's not going to happen. They're not going to agree to terms before fights even really happen to that extent. But anyway... Um, we'll see what fights we get next is my point. Let's not crown them like the four kings. This kind of, I've seen this a lot, the four kings, Leonard, Hagler, Duran, Hearns. They're the four kings. But you know what? In 1979, they weren't calling these guys four kings. They had to fight each other, show how, you know, worthy they were, and then we called them the Four Kings of the 80s. Now, Bob Arum loves to just skip on by the Four Kings and go right to Muhammad Ali when he talks about his fighters. But, you know, that's a different story. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just want to emphasize some of that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, a lot of just random stuff. But in which, can, which fights can actually happen? A lot of people just assume Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis are going to fight next. We don't know that for a fact. Um, some good news out of Tiafimo Lopez's mouth, but we don't know if that's a fact just yet. He's talking about it, the Australia thing's a little strange because he had an offer for ten million, and now he's offering. It's a little funky, but he did say um, in an interview, a couple of them, that he has now sent out contracts to his mandatory what is it, Campus or something like that. And uh, and Devin Haney, Camposos, I think it is. And that was the one that was supposed to be in Australia. He was going to get some of that Aussie government stimulus money. You know, the, the tourism uh, department was going to pay him to go there, uh, much in the way they did for Manny Pacquiao. So that was the rumor. Now, there is some details in there that were discussed. Um, and, and some of it is the 14-day quarantine, which I thought a while ago would just kind of shut that thing down. Who wants to go over there, sit for two weeks, and then you start your camp? You'd have to have your whole camp there. You're not going to take six-week or eight-week camp or whatever and then go there for two weeks and then have fight week. It just doesn't really totally line up in my mind. But then again, as reported you know, I talked about here that they did, the manager did say, hey, we would actually be willing to do that. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk a little bit about it. Obviously, Mike Tyson got every, speaking of the lightweight division, Mike Tyson got everybody excited uh, when he had Ryan Garcia on his podcast and he FaceTimed Javante Davis and they had some fun stuff. I've been hearing all sorts of things about how many pay-per-views that Tank, you know, pay-per-view, uh, Tank Garcia pay-per-view. You know, some people say it'll set the record. Some people say it's the biggest fight in boxing right now as far as the states, uh, you know, for, for pay-per-view. 
kind of interesting. There is some other fight news. Manny Pacquiao had a couple of things to say about Spence and his management talking about McGregor. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple items. And like I said, fight news, a little bit of boxing Twitter, and then we'll get out of here. We're not going to spend too much time. Being that there's no preview and prediction segment and there's no recap segment, I'm not going to hold you. This will be more like uh, the first part of, you know, April, May, um, June podcast where it's topical and then I'm out. Okay. Um, anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blockdocradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. It streams live at archives. It's basically the headquarters. It's boxing heavy, but there is football and basketball talk too. Um, but you know, you don't have to go to Block Talk and download it right there under Rope Dope Radio. You can find this platform on Apple Podcasts on iHeartRadio, uh, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, really across the board. We're also part of the Grilling Truth Sports Podcast Network, which can be found almost everywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's, it's boxing, it's football, baseball, it's everything in between. And if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's uh, live streaming cable. They do have the seven-day free trial. There's no annual contracts. Once you sign up, the plans start as low as $55 a month. Of course, you can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. Just for signing up, you get a seven-day free trial of HBO Max. If you sign up for the Max package, that will already include HBO Max, plus a free month of Showtime, which is normally $11, boxing fans. Think about it. Um, It's a good deal. Um, And Showtime looks like they are um, starting out pretty damn good in January uh, with their, uh, well, the Showbox and the championship um, card. So, um, you know, I think we should probably start, you know, right with the crowning of the 135 division. Um, You know, like I said, People think like this is just going to be a round robin. I've seen people in the media, not just, I'm not even talking to fans. I'm talking to media because fans are fans. Dude. They want, of course, we all want the best to fight the best and all that. It sounds great. But to think, especially an undisputed champ, you know, in Tiafima Lopez. And yes, I did say undisputed. You can talk about the WBC belt all you want. That's fine. I'm more, you know, lineal makes more sense to me. If it makes more sense, you know, like what they're going to do with featherweight is one of those things that kind of makes me laugh. In fact, you could make an argument, and I'll talk about that a little bit. I'm talking about the uh, um, uh, Josh Warrington second fight. They're going to make that for the, uh, according to Eddie Hearn um, on Boxing Social, they're going to make that the ring. So they're going to go one against three again. Much like, and this is the only dispute that you could have with Lineal uh, at 135, that Linares took on Krola, the number third guy. One and three went head-to-head when there clearly wasn't a huge issue with two. In fact, Linares was hurt um, before, you know, when they tried to make that fight. Linares just took more money to fight him, which I'm not ripping him. I mean, there was more money in that fight, but... That's how they established the lineal on that one, just a reminder. And they're going to do the same thing at 126, even though Gary Russell Jr., which 
like I said, there's plenty of things to say about him uh, in his career fighting once a, a year. But, hey, Gary wrestles number two, and they haven't tried to make the fight. So I suppose you could actually rip the lineal off that, but I'm more interested in lineal. And I understand that the ranking, sometimes when a division loses some fighters or whatever, and it's not as strong, you still have to rank people. You don't just skip the rankings week by week or month by month. So sometimes a lineal can be like, well, we all don't really think that's the number two guy, but he hasn't done it yet, so we'll see. Just like a lot of people say that about Devin Haynes. Um, anyway, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things. You know, to sit there as a media member or even a PR, I get the PR, of course, but to sit there and call him, you know, let, let's let's get a nickname together for him before they fight. I mean, there's folks on the uh, in the media that are tweeting stuff like this. These, these are our guys, 135, man. They're not going to let us down. They're not going to let us down like other weight classes. Just calm down for a second, though. You know what I mean? Like, let them do that. You don't sit there and – it's kind of like you just meet someone for the first time. Then you meet them again. Then you meet them again. And then you go through something, and then all of a sudden you really get to find out who they are. Right? So we don't know for a fact if all of them are going to want to do that. Or there are people. I mean – so we're going to do a round-robin style and someone's going to lose and then have to take on a stud the very next fight, and then that person loses again, and then what is the media and fans going to say, but especially the media, most of the They're going to say, oh, that was a dumb decision to put them back-to-back. You could, could have had two other fights, and they could have built to that fight. You know, that's what they'll say. So let's fight everybody round-robin, but then why would you put them in back-to-back? You know what I mean? So um, even with that Super 6, where it was a round robin, basically, obviously the injuries messed that up. But, you know, a lot of people were like, this is dumb. We shouldn't have done this. You know, it's like, oh, okay, but you were so pumped about the Super 6 before. Now all of a sudden you're not. You know, it's, it's – I mean, I even saw them saying like Tf, like a couple media members, literally, someone put out a Tiafimo against Lopez and, and Tank and Garcia, and they're like, I'd rather see it switched around, actually. I'd rather see Tank against Gervonta. So it's already a I'd rather. These aren't fans talking, but they are talking like fans when you're media members. Just shut up, dude. If we got so lucky that we actually got Garcia against Gervonta next, and we got Kevin against Steele, and you're going to say, ah, switch him around. Can you switch him around? Because it just, I mean, what else are you going to complain about? And clearly, that's kind of my point of calling out the media. And also, we know what boxing Twitter with the media is. They're, they're trying to get replies and likes and retweets and, oh, what the hell are you talking about? And so in many ways, it does work. And in many ways, I admit I'm falling right into their trap, right? <laughs> but it must be addressed because it's like, guys, you're not going to really complain about this, are you? My, I just – to sit there and crown these guys. I mean, oh, boy, might not even be there in a fight, uh, Teofimo Lopez. He's going to go to 140 here soon. Then they're, they're like, oh, they, he left. Now it's bullshit. It's still going to be a good division. I mean, did you really think that Lopez is going to be able to fight all these guys at 135? 
we know it's tough enough for him to make the, the league as it is. So it's really it just it, it becomes so telling, so so telling. Like guys, I don't know. It 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 just silly. It's just silly. Um. So yeah, let's just calm down and let somebody clean out the vision. And maybe it will be like, you know, the Four Kings where it's fought at different time frames and all that. It's hard to get four fighters and then be like, hey, man, let's all just keep fighting. Especially, like I said, if you have this, if so many people are worried about Undisputed, okay, cool. But so are you going to complain about these, these mandatories then that stop the fight? So which one is it? You can't have your cake and eat it, too. This is boxing. I mean, come on, dude. The, the media is just crowning all these fighters. And I hope they're all Hall of Famers, dude. I really do. But wonder if uh, Tank or Gervonta or, or, or Ryan Garcia get, get knocked out fighting each other. I mean, would you then turn around and be like, you better put him in with another killer, you know, or put him in with Tio? I mean, it's just let like let's be happy we got a, a bomb ass division as of right now. Get your hopes up to the point where, and I'm talking about the media. Like, what are you guys doing? You keep doing this. Keith Thurman used to be your man. Now what? Like, it just there's just so many. But then you gotta be civil when you talk shit too. Then they'll rip you for talking shit civilly. Oh, or not civil? Like, oh, he doesn't need to say all that. Oh, okay. But they're fighting each other. They're punching each other in the face. Like, it just is back and forth. We go, let them fight. It was, what, 79 to, like, 86 for all of them to be able to fight? Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Now, obviously, Leonard had an injury that kept him out. And I'm not comparing the four kings to the welterweight division, but Thurman had an injury, whether you believe it or not. That's fair if you don't believe it, whatever. But he's he's been on the sidelines, so that also messed up that division. But then again, the only fight we didn't get is Thurman and Spence um, in that realm, you know? So, um, and obviously Pacquiao just joined, so it's a little different. My thing is, appreciate these young guys. It seems like all of them are really wanting to prove themselves. And let's appreciate that they are ready to go. They've, they've made it very well known they want these fights. And I think a, a fight like Gervonta and Garcia can happen because the money's there, right? But And it's not like Haney's making crazy money yet. So they should be able to close. But like Haney shouldn't have a problem with, well, let's see what they offer. You know, I, I'll stop. I'll stop right there. So I'm just saying Devin Haney wants a lot of fights here. And he's, he's now been a little bit smarter where he's like, you know, I'm just going for Tia Fimo now because it doesn't seem like those other guys want to fight me. I think that's really smart, Devin. And by you focusing on this, I'm not saying it happened because of that, but Tia Fimo's figuring out the same thing. So now he's like, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he's talking about to Eddie Hearn, oh, I want to, you know, I have to fight, or, or not have to fight, but basically not make it, like making a, acting like, Devin has nothing to him. And popularity-wise, yes, he's still growing, no doubt. But, um, you know, he, he said he wanted $10 million. 
and Eddie kind of went to, well, okay, man. Well, uh, you know, and Eddie has now come out. A lot of people said, no, Eddie, Eddie said $10 million on camera. He'll get it. Let's make a fight. He didn't necessarily say that exact thing. And he actually just reverbed that not long ago. He rebuttaled it a little bit. Well, he didn't rebuttal it, but and he didn't reverb it either. Well, he kind of reverbed what he said on, on, on live camera, but he was kind of like, well, I mean, we can get you a lot of money, but we can't get you 10. So we'll just stay in this area, this lightweight area anyway. So I'm so happy all these guys seemingly want to fight. Now, you could say, well, Gervonta doesn't. Um, it sounds like he's ready to fight Garcia. You know, sounds like they're ready to fight Lomachenko. Now you could say, well, he's ready to fight Lomachenko now. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But are you, is that going to be a bummy fight to you? That's what I'm saying, media. Are you going to call that? Eh, I'm not really that excited. I'd rather see him against Tio. Are we going to sit there and poo-poo these matchups if they happen? Like, just wait, guys. But anyway, um, let's let them fight before we crown. Let's let them do it. Just let them do it, dude. Um, but yeah, it's a little funky. About well, let's talk a little bit about. Um, it's a little funky with Tiafimo. He, he's kind of all over the place. Um, because he made it kind of clear, although in the end I guess he really didn't. He made it kind of clear that like. He had this big offer from from Australia, and it was ten million dollars to go over there. And like I said, like I said a little bit of this earlier, um, you know, he claims to say a lot of things about this. You know, he said a variety of things about this. So it's kind of throwing me off a little bit, exactly. Um, but it sounded like, hey man, I got it. Well, yeah, you know, of course he said I have a five million dollar guarantee. I'm not fighting for anything less, which I do agree with Eddie Hearn when he says, we'll let Bob figure that out. And I said that too. It's like, all right, well, we'll see. We'll see if your, your, your minimum is that kind of money. Hey, if it is more power to you, I'm not ripping you, but we'll see. Um, I just, I'm not really sure now what, what's exactly happening here. Um, Tia Fimo, like I said, is kind of all over the place. He kind of made it sound like this, but then not. I don't know. He he really kind of makes it sound like um, there's something out there. Like, I have this big offer. Um, but then again, we don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, I thought you had this huge offer, dude. So where where did it go? Like where exactly did it go? That's that's what I'm wondering. Um. Anyway, about that situation, um, we now know. Uh, I think um, it was my guy Jake who we're gonna have on the show here soon. Again, Jake Donovan from Boxing Scene, and um, I think Coppinger and I want to say maybe Dan Raphael talked about this too, but um. On Friday, the IBF, you know, officially ordered Tiafima Lopez to make a defense against Cambosos, George Cambosos. Um, so, and we, we knew that this was a possibility, obviously, right? We, we knew that. We knew, we knew that was possible. 
So I'm not totally like sure exactly how this is going to play out. Um, oh, there was a lot of talk. Like I said, that he was going to get this this big offer, and, and I kind of assumed that would. Why wouldn't you? You know, why wouldn't you do that? Like, why not? And by the way, I forgot to mention this, but we will talk a little bit about part of that. We are going to talk because I just got a text message. We are going to preview the fight, the, the fight schedule, twenty twenty one, in Dillian White and Pavekian and, and Eddie Hearn actually just um, you know came out with a, a couple of items there, so we're going to talk about that as well. Um, there's also news with ESPN. Bob Arum kind of clarified what his schedule is going to look like early and. and you know, there's some really good fights in February. Then it's obviously going to fall off for March and, and whatnot because of, uh, because of Astro. Um, so, I don't know. Like, they, so that, that IBF called it. We all know, you know, the IBF is always super strict for the most part. Uh, um, now, the rankings are, are all over the place, but so are all the other ones. Some of them are way worse. But, you know, what does this mean? You know, what does this mean? Does this mean he's actually going to take it? Does he mean he's going to drop the belt? I mean, that will help uh, Haney's case <laughs> if he drops this belt. Second guy to drop a belt or whatever, because, you know, they, they do say, uh, you know, they they do say, Oh, they do say, you know, of course, some people say, oh, Lomachenko dropped his belt. Well, he didn't really drop his belt. Got upgraded to that stupid franchise stuff. Um, So, I don't know. Uh, You know, I guess they're not on board. You know, Tiafimo said he's sending, I guess they're sending out all these offers. I guess they're not on board anymore Um, with this. I, I I'm kind of confused, um, but anyway, here's this article, and I was actually, I couldn't find it for a second. I was stalling there for a second. January night, Jake Donovan, Tiafima Lopez, great opportunity to fight in Camposas in Australia. Got to pay up if they want the king. <laughs> um, so maybe that money isn't the $10 million. or maybe it's $10 million, but Bob gets a good chunk of it, 30% of it. I have no clue. I have no clue, um, but as we know, 19-0, 10 KOs, uh, perennial top 10 contender. Um, he beat Selby and Mickey Bay. That was what is being said here. Um, the fight is starting to take place sometime this spring on ESPN platform, live from either Melbourne or Sydney. The location would grant home turf advantage for unbeaten Cambosos. Um, uh, here, here's what he says. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, not just for Camposos, for the people in Australia, and also for us. It's an opportunity we are willing to take, something we are willing to do. And like I said, you know, his management said, hey, man, we're willing to do the quarantine thing. Um, and it, it, that kind of matters how long this thing's going to last off, you know, how long it's going to be okay in Australia. But he also said money talks and bullshit walks, right? Um, if they want the king over there, they're going to have to pay up. I think it'll be a very smart move. It'll be amazing to be able to fight out whoever enemy they can allow, whether it's 
40 or 50,000, it will shut everybody's mouth up. Uh, it will shut everyone's mouth about drawing power, uh, power. which, you know, that that would be kind of funky, you know, because, you know, um, the dry, like, if, if they could put the people in the stadium, TFM would have something to do with that, but obviously the hometown fighter would have something to do with that, too. But it would be it would be a big deal. I don't know exactly how they do that. Um, if they just put it on ESPN Plus, or they schedule for a, you know, they could probably just maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm sounding confusing. I'm thinking out loud. Um, just had to get a drink of water there. You know, if you look at it, this was what July. Um, I'm thinking about the Pacquiao Warren fight over there. Um, and that was in prime time. So they could figure it out. And this would be a big money fight. Now, I'm not saying he better take this fighter. He's ducking because if he drops the belt, I could care less if he's going to fight Devin Haney. Now, let's see how people, oh, now you're just going to give away your belt, this, that, and the other. And, and especially if he dropped the belt and then couldn't come to terms with Haney. Oh, my God. Then it would be, then it, it would be actually something you have to answer to. But. You know, he's made it very known that he's brought, like the second option is Devin Haney. So let's let these guys get it all figured out, and, and let's get some you know rounds in this tournament, this unwritten round-robin tournament that people are talking about, um, and let's let them fight. Let's let them get there first. Um, speaking of this topic, though, um, Tanky Garcia, like I said, on – Mike Tyson's show, um, you know, he was uh, he was promoting basically. He was promoting. He was promoting, and he had Ryan Garcia on his podcast. I haven't seen the episode yet. Is it out yet? I don't know if it's out yet. But you know, of course, Ryan Garcia has been big on the two rounds route, so they got him on. I think Ellie Setback got him on. Uh, Javante Davis got him on FaceTime, and this is what ensued. This is from Ryan Garcia's post on Twitter. Round, baby, two rounds. Two rounds, you're going to sleep. You got to talk about the head. Oh, don't worry. You can, hey, yeah, hit me with that shot. You're going to need a stairmaster, boy. Mike would have been doing this for a while. I guess it took his favorite fighter, um, Gervonta, at least that's what he says, um, to get them all riled up about this. But I wish he would have been doing this with boxing for a while, dude. I mean, this type of stuff is good for boxing. It's actually very, very good for boxing because, as we know, the mainstream fans pay attention to Tyson. And Gervonta and Ryan Garcia are in the, in the stages of crossing over. Uh, into the main public. Um, they're not there just yet, but they both have, for where they're at, they both have really impressive, impressive.
and I, I'm 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 all over the place right now. Sorry. Ow. Um. So. Okay. Just <laughs> someone said Loma did drop the belt. The Teofimo was pussy too. They both fought each other because they were scared of death. And that's that's you know that's just funny because it's like the whole ducking. If you fight a quality fighter, you're not ducking people, dude. Like, to sit there and say, oh, he doesn't want to fight. So, you, Devin Haney would do the same thing. We all would, dude. I mean, if you can make better money or a, a, a well, I shouldn't, I don't, actually, I, I take that back. Because at the zone, I think you get more than 1.5 to fight Devin Haney. But at that time frame, especially in the pandemic, but to sit there and go for undisputed, or whatever you want to call it, lineal, to fight Lomachenko, to be able to go on ESPN on that platform, trust me, it's a bigger fight. Now, you can make the argument, and I think it's a good one, that Lopez would have gotten more money to fight on the zone. But that is that, that app doesn't get as much, whatever you want to say, Google strengths, right? I mean, let's try Garcia Canelo fighting in front of, well, you know, close, what was it, 3.7 at peak at or something like that? Peak, you know, almost close to 4 million, whatever. Over 3 million people watch him beat Lopez or Lomachenko. By the way, 90 seconds, you heard the block doc woman. 646-381-4990 is the number to call. I see a couple of folks getting in right now. If you're listening to it on the browser right now, you might want to call in if you want to listen to the rest of the show. Otherwise, you can archive it, no problem. But, um... So people don't want it to be about money, but then Tiafimo took less money. He knows he took less money to fight Roma in this situation, and I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he did it, and, it, and it, the exposure, you can't even compare the exposure to being on the zone or being on that type of platform. Now, I'm not saying ESPN always draws huge ratings. That's not what I'm saying, but when you have that that push behind you, the push that we saw in that fight, and obviously even the lead-in, the college football lead-in, come on, dude. Like, so you're going to get mad for him to fight the guy that everybody – for him to fight that everybody had him in the top three on, I guess. I mean, a pound-for-pound pound guy, you're going to get mad that he didn't fight Devin Haney. How old is he? Like, come on, dude. This is what I'm talking about. And I can understand the fans being fanboys, and this is my favorite guy, and everybody's stuck at my favorite guy. I get that. But when the media starts to get into this, the person who texts me is, like, part-time, it's like, come on, dude. Like, where are we going with this? I thought we wanted the best versus best. Now you're going to start to – yeah, but that's not the best, in my opinion. Well, you know what? I got to get out of this topic. I got to get out of this topic. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um Devin Haney, I'm assuming they give him a pretty good check, but what are they going to give him? You know, Eddie Hearn will tell us what he gives him. I guarantee that. Or, or maybe close. Maybe he won't just, you know, spill the beans right away. Um, there are a couple of, uh, you know, fight news stories that, that came out to an extent. We'll go over fight news, of course, boxing Twitter. We are going to go over the 2021 this year preview schedule. What's on the books? kind of give my thoughts on some of these fights. Um, 
couple other things, then we're going to get out of here. I mean, there's not, this isn't going to be a long show, just so you know. Um, this is from todayboxingscene.com. Keith Eidick. Um, Aram, this is the headline. ESPN won't show fights in March, probably uh, 2 in April. 8 or 9 from May to July. Which that's key because ESPN carries a lot. And I'm talking about a lot. Just TNT and, a, a, you know, ABC does, you know, for certain like Sundays and Saturday nights and whatnot. But um, NBA basketball, playoffs start, I think they still start in, in May. Or not still, but they didn't start there before. But like the finals aren't until Ju- uh, July. First, for like the second week in July, first week in July, second week. I got to look at that again. But I'm trying to think NBA, NBA wise, some of those. Now, sure, you'll be going head to head, but you are anyway. You know, in a normal season, against actually more, you know, more competitive stuff like the first round and the conference finals. Conference finals are usually in May, late May. So. Anyway, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. He says, uh, well, January, as we know, ESPN, you know, isn't going to have something until February. The February schedule, we'll talk about that. But he says, uh, we're not doing anything in March because of March Madness. Um, Here until boxing scene. And then we should have maybe two shows in April, which could be only one. And then from May through the end of July, we'll have eight or nine shows, basically three a month. So, you know, they're going to really try to grind that summer month thing. But some of these fights, especially if they're big enough, um, they may get put behind as a lead in to an NBA, you know, NBA playoff game. Because, like I said, TNT and ESPN has the rights for the NBA playoff. And, obviously, ABC plays the finals and, and, and other games throughout the playoffs. That would be huge. That would be huge. So they're kind of setting up a mini bubble in a sense. I'm not saying it's going to be an actual bubble. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he's also talking about hopefully by that time, and they're going to be on ESPN and ESPN Plus, of course. He said, uh, you know, it's televised or streaming on ESPN Plus or, you know, ESPN. And he said hopefully by that time, you know, we'll be able to have more crowds. Um, he says we didn't discourage ESPN from skipping shows in March because we hope that as we do shows later in the year that the coronavirus will be behind us or calms and we start doing these fights with spectators because without it, it's horrendous. Without gates, it's really hard economically. So um, I know a lot of people are going to be kind of down on that. And, you know, rightfully so, you're you watching. Um, we knew they weren't doing something in January. Do they usually only do just one in, in March anyway? So, I mean, March is college football or college <laughs> basketball anyway. So, I mean, I don't I don't think it's like the craziest stuff. You know what I mean? But it does suck. I mean, but their February schedule, you know, what they have on the books is either interesting somewhat or very good. And let's talk about it. Now, you know, we do have something – the 14th from Tokyo, Takuma Inua uh, returns against uh, Kurahara. Kuraha? I don't know. I, I've seen that guy fight, though. 
Um, there's also January 16th uh, card from Tijuana, Mexico. Carlos Acampa against Abraham Juarez. And there with those guys, of course. Chester PA, Samuel Gutierrez, and Dillian Price. This is a six-round fight. So, I mean, there, there's not a whole lot, but let's be honest. There is a showtime, or I mean, a, well, it's not a showtime, a showbox card January 20th, which just kind of uh, kind of switched up a little bit. It's a Wednesday night. It's a Wednesday night show. Um, and I believe they're going to do that because we're going to talk about Broner a little bit. Not not a whole lot, though. Just the fact that he's coming back, but it's something about his opponent. Um, so they're going to do that on Wednesday. I don't know if that's going to be the whole year just right now, but it sounds like the next one they have planned in February is going to be on Wednesday, too. So the midweek stuff, that that's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, but you always look at Showbox and you say, hmm, okay, um, let's, let's take a look. Jose Nunez against, uh, what is it, Abiyan? Hold on. Abiyan? Is that, is that Aaron Abiyan? Um, Solano and Williams in the main event. Um, and then a card that I'm really looking forward to, uh, two out of these three fights, I can't wait for. I think this is a great card. I know a lot of people think Showtime's out of business. But uh, Angelo Leo and Stephen Fulton um, for the main event, that's that's a good fight. Styles make fights. I think that's a great fight. It's been postponed two separate times. So knock on wood, which I just did, um, let's hope we can get across that. I also mentioned the Aline. Pesias, Vic Pesias. I can't wait for that fight. I cannot wait for that fight. It's a huge step up for both. And then Rolando, Roli, Romario, who thinks he can knock out anyone, basically, is uh, taking on Justin Paldo. Most people thought he lost his last fight, and I'm not talking about Paldo. Um, so that's the opener. Um, let's see what else we got here. Caleb Plant and Caleb Chuax fight January 30th on Fox. Don't have the undercard that same night. Kovalev in, what is it, Makilia? Oh, what the hell's his name? Bakhtirmer. Bakhtirmer? How do you say his last name? Malikuzev? I don't know. He's a guy that doesn't have many fights, but he's got pedigree, and he is the favorite in that fight. And I think that's a very interesting fight right there. Kovalev, how much does he have left in the tank? That's going to be on the zone, by the way. Um, then February 13th on the zone, Joseph Diaz Jr. against Rakhmadov, or Rakhimov. Um, I like that fight. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he ducked Kevin Farmer. I thought he won pretty clean, but you know, the rematch would have been nice for Farmer, but um, it's funny, you know, I don't hear this big rant and raving about Farmer lately from the press and their, and their followers on Twitter. Oh, I thought he was like, weren't they talking about Pernell Whitaker and the defense and all that? Uh, and no shot at him. I, it's just funny to see when people find Zell here in the U.S. media. Just, oh, he's like one of the better defenders in the sport. Um, but anyway, I still think you know, it would have been nice if he got the rematch first for the belt lost. But he lost it. That's a good fight. Teixeira Castaño is on that undercard. Same night. He is, I said that was the zone, right? 
ESPN same night, ESPN and ESPN Sports. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. against Maxim Vlasov. Um, it's for the vacant WBO title, which whatever. But that's a good fight. You know, Comey and Morenes, Jackson Morenes, um, against Richard Comey. Many people thought Jackson beat um, Rowley. But, you know, it sounds like I haven't heard anybody dispute this. Um, but it sounds like Rowley was trying to give him a rematch. Maybe this is just a better money opportunity. This could go future, no doubt about it. And uh, I, I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, um, Oda Wallen and Dominic Brill, Brazil, they're fighting, I think, either a 10 or 12 rounder. It sounds like it's going to be the co-feature for Adrian Broner's return February 13th on Showtime. He had his return, but now, oh boy, who wasn't going to beat him anyway, um, had COVID. So that fight is off. Probably going to get more says junior welterweight. So I wouldn't doubt if it's like a 144 or something or 43 just to get him down there. But who knows? Who knows? Um, ESPN Plus, this one comes from England on February 19th. This is kind of like a crossroads uh, mid level fight here. UK fans will like this one Liam Walsh versus uh, Paul Highland Jr. for the vacant British lightweight title. Um, so that's something there. And here's a fight stylistically I think is a can't miss. February 20th on ESPN is ESPN Deportes. Miguel Burchell versus Oscar Valdez. I love this fight stylistically. I think this is a great fight to put on ESPN. I hope they have a lead-in, like a college basketball lead-in. That would be dope. Maybe it'll be an NBA lead-in, whatever. I want to see that fight. I think it's a good, good stylistic fight. And this is the fight that people that we, you know, were supposed to get at the end of the year. Last year, what was that, December 12th or something like that? So, I mean, I'm, I'm pumped for that. Now, I got a little bit of information on Gabriel Flores Jr.'s next fight. He's on the co-feature. Um, Bohachik, I think it is, and Brandon Adams fight February 25th on MSNBC. Uh, <laughs> NBC Sports Network. Um and, uh, God, I was saying that originally when this thing came out. That's <laughs> um, Ring City. Um, Parker returns against Junior Fa. Joseph Parker on his own. That's February 27th. And then this just got finalized, and I like this fight a lot. Crossroads fight here. Jamal Herring, this is February 27th, London. I don't know if it's the ESPN Plus or ESPN. I think it's on ESPN Plus, but that's just a hunch. Jamal Herring versus Carl France. I really like that fight. I got a little news about Shakur um, following up with that. Then March 6th, and this is one of Eddie Hearn's big announcements here, uh, the rematch between Alexander Povekin and Dillian White. That's an interesting matchup, to say the least. We already kind of went over this one here, uh, like a couple other ones, Chocolatito and Juan Francisco Estrada rematch. The long-awaited rematch. I'm looking forward to that fight. I think both of them are meeting, you know, not in their primes for the rematch. But then again, they're both not in their prime. So that has a way of eating stuff up. That's March 13th. On to zone. And as far as on paper, you know, um, that's 
that's about it. Now we're going to talk about some other fights that are being, you know, that being mentioned, but that's about it right now. Like I said, there are some things that need to be finalized. Um, we have some Canelo news. We have some Pacquiao news. We have a couple other news items um, that we'll get to in just a second. Just to kind of follow up. By the way, um, well, I'll get to that. Um, this is actually kind of fight news slash boxing Twitter. We'll get to some of this stuff. I think that's basically what we're going to look at around here. Um, that's basically what we're going to talk about. Um Aram, much like Eddie Hearn, I think Eddie Hearn said it's 90% done. Fury Joshua, Aram said 95% done. And 100% confident Fury wins. Go figure. I can't believe he said that. Um, we'll see here. I gotta stop saying um, Where is. If. Oh. <laughs> Mauricio Herrera said if McGregor. Of course, for those who don't know, it's the WBC president. If McGregor beats ranked contender, he can get a title shot. You know damn well if him and Pac are going to fight for a title shot. Oh, that's not WBC. Um, okay, Shakur Stevenson. He just found out this comes from the guy Jake Donovan on BoxingScene.com. Shakur Stevenson is not interested in waiting. The dude, and this is what I'm saying about these young dudes. I'm so happy they're pumped. I am really, I want to reiterate that. I am happy they're happy. Don't do this to folks here. Like, you just fought, what was that, December 12th? So you fought a month ago, and now now a fight that was already going to be planned, or that was already planned and got you know postponed from, of course, you know, the pandemic. Now you're going to be like, nah. Because remember, he did this earlier. He's like, no, I was willing to go fight Frampton like six weeks later or something. Not even, I think two weeks later. Or, I mean, two months later. To fight, you know, a Warrington, not Frampton, Warrington. But yet you get a tune-up, but he couldn't get a tune-up. So how how can you get a warm-up fight, but he can't? And that was then, because he, he was calling that a warm-up fight. And the funny thing is his... Uh, you know, in that time frame, that fight, Zhu, uh, what is it, Zhu Cam? Um, you know, he, uh, that, that's going to be millennial. We'll talk about that some other time. Shakur Stevenson seeks to block the Herring Frampton. And I'm not talking about these are two ones. This is a good crossroads fight. I mean, I really like that crossroads fight, Zhu Frampton. I think the style could be interesting as a matchup, but they're both knowing that they got another big opportunity right behind him with Stevenson, but also just, you know, Frampton getting the title of this division, Herring saying, hey, I'd be the name that people, you know, see as recognizable as well, which would be a big step, and then he'd get an even bigger step. But he says, um, you know, I'm the number one contender for the, for Herring's strap. Status came disappointment upon learning that Herring plans to proceed with his voluntary title defense. Um, as you are aware, Mrs. Stevens, Stevenson agreed to step aside. What? Tuesday announcement, this came with, uh, came through the press office of MTK Global, Herring's advisor, comes in stark, stark contrast 
to the outcome expected from Stevenson and his team given sanction by the previous ruling on the subject. As you are aware, Mr. Stevenson agreed to step aside as the mandatory challenger to allow Herring and Frampton bout to proceed, provided that the bout occurred no later than December 31st, 2020. Josh Dublin, Stevenson uh, attorney and co-manager, stated in a former um, in a formal correspondence with the WBO on January 4th, not that long ago, but a week ago. Um, the resolution provides a her- you know herring and Frampton bout cannot be postponed or canceled. And that was obtained by boxing. Um, the resolution also states that the decision is the final decision of the WBO Championship Committee. December 31st, 2020 has come and gone, and Herring Frampton did not happen. Uh, um, so they obviously made their ruling this other stuff leading into this fight. So he's trying to say, nah, dude, what the hell? Um, in the official order handed down October 16th, the sanctioned body gave its blessing to voluntary title, you know, for a voluntary title for Herring and Frampton. So we'll see if this, uh, you know, if this gets shut down. We requested the immediate reinstatement of Shakur as the mandatory challenger. Mr. Herring is required to either fight Stevenson in his next bout or relinquish the WBO lightweight championship so that Stevenson can fight for the vacant um, against the next highest ranked contender. So, he's like, nah, dude, I'm not having it. You know, we're going to find out where that goes. Happy about it, but it is what it is. Um, in other news, talking about Pacquiao, we'll talk about Canelo in just a second and some other stuff, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Pacquiao, this is boxing scene. Pacquiao versus McGregor boxing match is inevitable, uh, says Duo's manager. Okay, well, I was like, who? So it's it, they said it's just a matter of time. Inevitable, it's happening. So, um. And Adi Attar, I think it's the management company guy that they are managed by. Um, I definitely believe in 2020. You know, he said that both fighters want it. That's the key. Can't make something happen or orchestrate it or choreograph it, which is buzzword of this interview. You can't fake that. If one side wants it, the other side doesn't, it's not going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, which is pretty obvious. Uh, McGregor obviously fights January 23rd. 23rd. You have said, all right, let's do the rematch. The rematch fight with Poirier. Um, we said, okay, well, let's do that rematch first. Then Manny will be the next fight. And that's what both fighters want. So that's the plan. We have been having amazing conversations with stakeholders across the world, including the Middle East. We'll see where it goes. I'll be shocked if it didn't happen in 2021. That's what he said. So, um, no big surprise there. It'll be interesting. You know, I always thought that was going to be the next fight, personally. Well, I did think Mikey, you know, never really thought. And I'm not saying this is a done deal. <laughs> but I never really thought Pacquiao and Spence was next. I never really thought that Pacquiao um, and Crawford was next. 
money-wise, it did seem to make some sense um, with uh, Mikey Garcia because it's a very winnable fight, very winnable fight. And then, you know, and then that's it. Oh, by the way, that co-feature, someone just from up, UK? Hey, what's up? Um, Keithman Metcalf is a co-feature. And then March 20th, oh, goalie in Globoski, that fight that was supposed to happen. So I like that fight. That's April 10th. Assuming that'll be on the zone. That's good. I like that fight. That's really good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what was I just saying? Could have sworn I was saying, oh, the McGregor. Yeah, I never really thought the Crawford. Yeah, I think I finished that right. So who do we fight next? Who do they fight next? It doesn't really sound like 100% the money's up there just yet. I mean, you do to get Crawford and Spence, you need a crowd because the minimums that they're gonna or the guarantees they're gonna get. And Bob's gone over this plenty. He thinks it's doable, but you know, it needs a crowd. And with Crawford's contract expiring in October, I don't quite know what is going to go on there, to be honest with you. I'm just not quite sure on that one. Okay, let's get to some fight news, more fight news, and also um, some boxing Twitter, of course. We have, this is actually Ryan Garcia on Sirius XM Boxing. Like Akin Barak, he was talking about how Ryan Garcia has revealed he spoke to Al Heyman on the phone before the fight with Campbell. Um, I talked to Heyman, but um, not that I'm fighting Javante. He was just uh, wishing him luck, which, you know, that's what uh, his uh, advisor said. I guess he was talking to Javante, too, before the fight. So they've obviously been talking, <laughs> right? Um Here's some news from Boxing Social. Eddie Hearn has confirmed that uh, Alexander Usyk is now out of a contract with Matchroom unless the Anthony Joshua fight happens next. And it sounds like he wants that to happen. Can you blame him? Um, some more news. Chris Eubank Jr. has a long-term promotional deal with Team Sutherland. I'm ready to take over the middleweight division. I want all the champions. Murata, Charlo, Andre, GGG. Put him in with any of Put me in with any of them, and you have a belt. Oh, if you have a belt, I'm coming for you. Uh, Virtual Ortiz versus Maurice Hooker. Uh, targeted for March 27th. I'm assuming I'm zone in Dallas. Uh, March 27th. This comes from Boxing CJ Donovan. Um, the news was reported first. And where he's at, I mean, Hooker at 147, I'm not quite sure how he does, but it's still a good to keep him busy. You know what I mean? Sounds like, I mean, this is just, this is from, is this ESPN Deportes? At ESPN Mexico, MX. Is that what that stands for? Canelo Alvarez and Yildrum appear to appear set to take place in America in February, as the pandemic has reportedly, reportedly made it too difficult to stage a homecoming fight in Mexico. I suppose if you're going to want to do a big stadium, you need to fill that body. Kind of interesting. 
Um, I've also hear, heard in a couple of places that now, because we, I don't know, we kind of all, a lot of people kind of just assume once you saw like a two-fight deal, Eddie Hearn, and, and it totally could still happen. I'm not saying that. But Eddie Hearn and then Billy Joe, you know, Eddie Hearn with a two-fight deal on the zone, you fight your Yildrum thing real quick, and then you fight, you know, in February, we got the dates, February 27th, and then boom, you fight Cinco de Mayo, Billy Joe Saunders. Or Canelo against Triple G. That could be something because that's a lot of money. I know a lot of people don't want to see that now, but that is a lot of money still. Or even maybe that goes into September. Maybe all year he's still going to be on the show. But there are starting to hear, I'm starting to hear some chirps. Starting to hear some chirps. Um, there was an article from a, I want to say a news outlet in, I can't remember, in Mexico. But I also saw it, uh, a couple of people talking about uh, boxing Twitter. Just letting you know that where these sources are, or quote-unquote sources. But um, it sounds like there's a possibility that Alvarez, that Alvarez might fight Gildrum, um on Fox, whether that's February or March, but on Fox. Um, obviously, if that were to happen, you just assume that he's going to fight on Fox pay-per-view the fight after. Now maybe that is on paper. Although I don't know, they got they would be extremely happy, I think, with their with their numbers if they put Canelo and Yodram on. Like I'm saying, their numbers up until this point. I'm not saying oh that's gonna blow up. You know that would probably mean that they're pretty happy with what they're getting there on paper. If they were able to do Canelo, if they were down to do Canelo and Yodram just to secure a plant fight, a Charlo fight, a Benavides fight, way down the line, a Spence fight. You know, I'm just so. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like I said, a lot of folks, the way Eddie spoke, the two fight deal, it still makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, if you can have someone pay for Yildrum in your Canelo and it's just a stay busy fight, I'm not going to get mad. You know. Like I said before, all these fighters back in the day that fought so many times a year, most of the fights were against club fighters. And then, they had, then they'd have big fights, so they'd mix them. You had to pay the rent, right? So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be pissed at that. I wouldn't be pissed at that. Either way, whatever whatever he does, if he fights Yildrum and then someone on Cinco de Mayo, like legit, I'm totally fine with that. And for all, all those people that like the love can stay busy and fight a, a person that's not up to, to that, you know, high level, you got to, you know, you got to remember that. Anyway, let's talk a little bit more. Actually, um, Mike Arce, is that what it is? Arce? I actually don't know a ton about him. I've definitely seen the name and heard the name, but he actually just died uh, of, uh, at 63, so rest in peace. He was long time. This is from Dan Raphael, uh, boxing scene, long time uh, promoter um, who helped guide the um, comebacks of Hall of Fame, guide the late career comebacks of Hall of Famers Hector Camacho. That's where I know him from, and Roberto Duran in Spatafort too. Um, so he passed. Uh, he'd been battling uh, cancer for the last couple of years. So R.I.P. That's not 
not a good thing, right? And here's actually a bummer. I was looking forward to this fight. Gabriel Flores Jr., uh, just one of the many, many young prospects here on this side of things. And because I know, I know, we always hear about the Eastern European and the Russian takeover for boxing and between, well, Russia, um, the Ukraine, and Uzbekistan. They have a, I mean, they have a grit of amateurs that are either here or still coming, and it's going to be ongoing. And I love it, but let's not forget about what we got here before you say about takeover. But Gabriel Flores Jr. Unfortunately, this fight was quote unquote done. This is from BoxingScene.com. Keith Eidick, uh Andrew Conceal, Aconcio injured withdraw from his February 20th. That was the co-feature, uh, February 20th, um, for Burchell and Valdez. So, Cancio, who, you know, is a solid fighter in Flores, this, this would have been great. But I guess he suffered a back injury and has to withdraw. So, a little bit of news there. That sucks, man. That sucks. Hopefully, he gets better, because that's a good step-up fight. Very good step-up fight. Um... Couple more things, then we'll get out of here, guys. Um, uh, where is it? Sorry, guys. I thought I had it. Guess not. Okay, so that's, I believe, it for news. I could have sworn that there was another news item. Okay, well, let's just get the boxing Twitter and then we're going to shut this puppy down. All right, Garcia Campbell has some serious rewatchability to it. Are we sure that wasn't a movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> was it a Rocky movie? Is that what you mean? Like, is this Gotti Ward? Like, dude, it was a great fight. What a great way to start out the year. You know, we got this, this guy who Chris Bannock says is going to be the most important fighter of the century, he said. Right? And that's cool. You know, if he kept going, maybe he would. I think I just think it's funny to say that with Pacquiao, Oscar, uh, Mayweather, and even Tyson still in the 2000s, like at the beginning of it, and now even dude's doing you know good numbers. So it's just funny to say that. But are we sure that wasn't a movie? Like to sit there and say, dude, I just watched that fight. God, that was a good fight. But to say that, are you sure that wasn't a movie? This is Devin Haney. Oh boy, Tiafimo Lopez Capin in the Franchise Witness Protection Program, and Garcia just joined him. I'm ready to fight in April. Now, Tiafimo Lopez did say something about that late April, early May day. So he says, you hear Devin Haney, he he gets what's going on. And this is from January 8th, so a handful of days ago. So he's saying he's in the Franchise Witness Protection Program, and Garcia joined him, but see that's another thing too. So Tank's a, a bum then. So he's so wonder if he fought Tank, would that be a bum bum fight then? Is that is that what you're saying? This more more from Devin Haney, and I think he's doing a good. Like I get him, I give him some criticism, but I think he's doing a great job. Of, he knows he's got a lot of skill. He knows he's not like the most exciting fighter right now, but he also knows that he's building. You know, and he knows these guys aren't, he's not the first guy on their list. So, you know, 
I don't know. I like what he's doing. Let's just put it that way. Just because I say something about him. If this is your favorite fighter right now, just because I say something about him, like I'm somewhat critical or, or I put something or like turn his words against him, like, well, dude, you said this, but, you know, that's different. I'm not ripping him. But this is what I'm talking about here, though. I'm Pretty Boy Floyd reincarnated. Do the research. Look at the similarities in style and career. Now, he thinks he's the most hated. A lot of these young dudes think they're the most hated. Um, but it's like, dude, dude, Floyd's still the most hated. What are you talking about? You know, like, come on. Um, Thurman is way more hated than you guys. But um, Berlanga, it's like everybody hates him now. But dude, no one hates him. Well, I shouldn't say that. People hate, hate on him. But anyway, to say that pretty boy Floyd reincarnated, let's stop right there. You, you can say you're the style, because he says style, similar styles in career. He does not have a similar style enough to say it, that he's Pretty Boy Floyd. Because Pretty Boy Floyd was knocking people out. How many fights does Andy have? 25? He's young, but Floyd was young, too. I think he turned, you know, he, he did turn earlier, uh, pro earlier than Floyd. So you got to give. I'm not trying to line up 25 fights against what was it, 18 or something, 19 for Floyd. But a pretty boy Floyd, like, you know who he won his first title against? He didn't get an email to him. Um, come on now. Uh, but the whole career right now, the career does not line up with him at all. Um, style, yeah, I understand the style um, to an extent. I do want to see that defense. Um, this is <clears throat> boxing Twitter here. I can see this working out for the zone big time. They're talking about Tank and Garcia. Um, you want Tank versus Garcia on Showtime pay-per-view? We can get you worldwide. Right? Oh, this is the give and take. So the zone, he was using this, this guy on the internet was using, I don't think this is the media member. No, maybe part-time, but, He's basically saying DAZN's going to use Canelo as a piece when they don't even have him under contract. So he says, uh, let's tweak some stuff. You do this, we'll give you that. Um, so if you want taking Garcia on Showtime pay-per-view, cool. We'll get the worldwide rights. Well, how could you be leveraged when you don't have him under contract? I don't understand that. He, you know, and he's a free agent. That's not t- his his, his uh, manager is not tied to the zone, whereas we know Al's tied to Showtime in Fox. Uh, so so the zone would get the worldwide rights for Tank and Garcia, which they wouldn't give them up. And we get, meaning the zone, plant for Canelo in September. If I was the zone, I'd be like, hell freaking yeah. <laughs> right, I hear that, and I told him, you know, yeah, hold on. He said, yeah, but they don't – because now they're worldwide – Canelo wants to build his worldwide thing, and there's way more money in worldwide boxing than there is in a pay-per-view here, uh, Plant and uh, Canelo here. And I think people are kind of getting it twisted how much you make on a big fight, how much you make worldwide. Like, a lot of fights are distributed worldwide. Like, for instance, like Al Heyman, 
his fights, if they're good ones, they're in over 100 countries. Doesn't mean he's getting a mill from each country either, even 500,000 from each country. So if you're selling to it, you know, you got the UK, and then what? What other huge market is there? Australia, because they do pay-per-views? Okay. Canada? Okay. I mean, of course, you sell to Mexico. You know, they're an act like you're going to make $20 million from just selling the rights. And some of the PBC fights get sold to the zone in a different country. So he's like, yeah, but the worldwide rights are what's, what real, where the real money is. It's like, well, I don't know about that. Well, I, I know that's not the case. So now more upfront money, that's different. That's a different one. That's a different one. Um, Okay, so this is about Lomachenko. This is his. This is this person's boxing Twitter stop. Okay. This is what he has to say about Loma not accepting the loss. Right. I don't really want or expect out and out winners that I admire to be good losers. Was he saying this to other fighters that made excuses? Of course, we all know Wilder. No, Newlands. So when Holyfield fought Bo in in okay Holyfield fought Bo the, the first fight, he pointed to the winner as scores were red. Within a few days, changed changed tactics okay tact and claimed he should have won. He hated losing, and the mentality won him the rematch. Well, I mean. Are you sure it was just that that one of the rematch? I mean, are you positive? But anyway, um, and someone actually below him says, fighters have reasons to lose, be it weight, trainer, volcanic ash, 40-pound suits, you know. Um, without that, they just lost to the better man. But this guy is saying, I don't want or expect out-and-out winners that I admire to be good losers. So I hope you're consistently making – like saying this stuff about all these other guys that have excuses too. And like I said, the easiest one is to point to is Wilder. Because that's the, the, you know, he's a big name. You know, that's the recent one. So it is kind of funny how that works. Like I hope you're tweeting and retweeting like, like Montero did a reply to a tweet about Loma shouldn't make excuses, right? And that's legit. At least he owned up to it. But he wasn't retweeting all the things people were saying about Loma calling him out on this stuff, he doesn't retweet those like he did with Wilder and others. So he's still a media fanboy, which I'm not just trying to pull him out because plenty of these dudes are, and females too. But it's just funny, like, even if you tweet something like, hey, because a lot of people still haven't tweeted about Loma in the media, all these excuses he's made, and it's still, I mean, if people got hurt too, he had surgery too. So it, it is kind of funny. Some of them will say something, but they won't consistently retweet and keep backing one fighter. Like, yeah, man, you should be retweeting it if you're if you, if you really feel something. You know, you, you just shouldn't let personal love for a fighter make you retweet all this shit and then not have you retweet the other shit. Anyway. This is from, I can actually see it, no sparring on uh, boxing Twitter here. 
top rank can't afford to pay anyway a million dollars to fight without fans, I'm told. However, they could stage a fight in Tokyo with fans, but they don't want to. This dude says, imagine unification with Kabali, who actually now is the WBC champion because he got hurt. Or did he? Yeah, he got hurt, right? Or was it COVID? Um, so, and remember, NUA has that two-fight deal at the MGM a year. He can fight two fights there, but um, without, you know, a fan base, this dude's saying it's not going to happen. He's, he's not going to do it. And I think it, you know, when he, they bring up Tokyo, pretty sure, though, to get that, that contract has to do with, it only has to do with being staged at the MGM. Or, you know, in Vegas, I should say. I don't think it has to be exactly there. Because they, they, I suppose you could say they do, you know, own other, arenas, so I guess we, we can keep that in mind. Um, I think that makes it up. Like I said, I, I'll keep it kind of short and sweet. Um, oh, here we go. There's two more and then I'm out of here. This is from Jake Donovan uh, quoting Oscar De La Hoya. I love Tank Davis. I think Garcia walks through Tank. I think if you ask me three years, if you, if you ask me three, oh, this is what he said. Because I, I, I remember Oscar saying he's not ready for him yet. But that was a while ago. I love Tank. I love the Tank Davis fight. Okay, okay, okay. I think Ryan Garcia walks through the Tank. I think if you asked me three years, I'd have a different answer. If you asked me three years ago. Is that what he's saying? Now I really, yeah, okay. Now I really think he walks through the Tank. That's what Oscar said in his bold public statement on Twitter. Wilder didn't care who it was. He just wanted a body on his record. GGG has a personal beef with him saying things like that makes it, so him saying things like that makes it slightly different. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Like, if you don't want a fighter to say, I'm going to kill him, you don't. It, it, there's no in-between. You can't be like, well, Wilder just said it randomly. Well, actually, he was asked a question. They started talking about it. And then he said it. Now, whether he really means it or he's just playing the role or whatever, because remember, I think it came off of that Spilka fight. Remember, it did kind of look like Spilka was done. He was out, out for a while. It was scary. And that's what that conversation was talking about. This was a couple of years ago. But once again, you got to keep it consistent. So, so good, good luck in an Oscar De La Hoya had some beef over the Canelo fight. It's okay if he says that he would take advantage of, if him and Oscar fight, it would be legally, I'd be able to legally kill him. That's what Gigi said, basically. So, so this guy says, Wilder didn't care who it was, just wanted a body. But he has a personal beef with him saying things, so it makes it slightly different, dude. Does that get you less years in jail and shit like that? Okay, I lied. Someone just said, oh, wait. I think this is one I got cut off on at the end of a show. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, Danny helped pack the 16,000 fans during a pandemic. One of boxing's top names helped evaluate a guy that is elite in this era and badly needed a name opponent to get him to the next level. It's good for boxing that Spence got the hometown win 
because now a fight with Bud makes their star more equal instead of Crawford. Crawford's name carrying the promotion. <laughs> oh, boy. It's okay to be a fan. Okay, just this one more money. This one more and then I'm out because someone sent this to me. A little bit ago and I forgot this. This is actually the one I think that got cut off. Easy money. Callum Smith plus 500 against Canelo. People are writing off Callum Smith. This guy destroyed and walked down the previous number one division. Uh, that was uh, George Groves. I'm going to bet $500 on winning by a decision. This is going to end up like Loma Lopez. Canelo couldn't even knock out Chavez Jr. No way. He's going to just walk through him. That's a drama show, as you said that. So that kind of uh, tells you what we're dealing with. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, guys, but I got to read this one because this is funny. Ryan Garcia, this is from uh, Dick Hercules. You guys know him on, on boxing. Ryan Garcia from Minneapolis, actually. Ryan Garcia is the best kind of fighter. Heavy hands, shaky chin, kind of a lovable shithead. If you love him, you'll get to see him vaporize some people. If you hate him, you're for sure going to see him get fucked up. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. I would say enjoy the fights, but hey, there's none televised. But that hasn't stopped us. Maybe some shit just pops off we got a great fight to talk about. You never know. But anyway, I'll be back next week. We are going to then have a good preview section on that Showtime card. That's really, really good. And we'll probably have some more fight news as well. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy your week. Uh, be safe. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight for five years, a straight survival, the bullshit, the whole bag. And when you come over the camp, like, you know what, that made it. I'm going to show you it's this. So I'm going to get any, every dollar worth of, 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 of what I deserve. Why?